Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of Throw It Batch. This is a podcast where we throw back our favorite wine and cocktails while recapping the most loved and hated reality show, The Bachelorette. But FYI, we don't hold back, which means we're talking spoilers, news, and gossip, insider info, and more. You have been warned. I'm Sam. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Melissa. Let's throw it batch. We are excited to drink some wine with you guys, cocktails, whatever you're drinking. Take a big sip because we have two very long but also great episodes to go over. Ladies, how was your week? What's new? Caitlin, I know that you have been all over New York City influencing um, Christmas. So how has that been? Yeah, the city is totally decorated for the holidays, which is so exciting and it's always really pretty. And we have the benefit of no crowds this year, which is sad, but good for, you know, people who are still here. It's easy to go and see. The decorations are all outside. There aren't crowds around the Rockefeller tree. There's really great security and social distancing measures in place. So it was, you know, brought a little bit of joy to this not great year. <laughs> yeah, to this very um, depressing holiday season, I must say. Yeah. Melissa, what's up with you? How's your week been? It's been um, very dynamic in every way, shape, or form. Um, keeping my head up. Got the wine. I'm yes. good. <laughs> I've been drinking like way too much wine, and I keep on telling myself, I'm like, tomorrow's a new day. But you want to know what? It's quarantine. It is Christmas. I'm just like giving myself a break right now, basically. Yeah. Jingle Dude. balls, y'all. And jingle balls it out. Um, speaking of balls, I've had some more romance streams this week. Um, <laughs> I have like a quick one. I had a quickie with Zach, but actually Brendan popped up in my dream last night. I was listening to um, Chatty Broads as I was falling asleep, Becca Martinez's uh, podcast, Bachelor. They cover a lot of Bachelor stuff. And it must have just been like falling asleep to her voice. But I had this dream that she asked me to join a thruple. Um, with her and her husband and and I I know and I said yes but the rule was that me and the husband could never kiss and then she was off to yeah but I didn't listen um she was off (laughs) to work one day and the husband came in and then we just started kissing and we had sex and then I got pregnant Um, And it was just this big old mess. And then somehow, simultaneously, I got engaged to Brendan. He gave me a diamond ring. He proposed. And I was doing something and I knocked the ring against my wall and then all the diamonds fell out and I was trying to pick them up. And then he found out that I was having this thruple man's baby and he was so disappointed in me. So... That's what's going on in my life. It's very exciting. Oh my God, Sam, these dreams. Sam, my, you want to hear yeah. something? What? <laughs> I know you're sexually deprived and all, but. <laughs> yeah, you think? I think there's, I don't know which of the latter is going on because normally people have sex dreams about someone that they feel they relate to, which is why if anyone has had a sex dream with someone that they would really not want to have sex with, that's your um, subconscious saying that you feel like you share some qualities with that person. So maybe because you admire Becca's podcast, yeah, add the throuple dream. Mm-hmm. Brendan just might be because you typed 
everything for our show and you do notes and just bachelor's like your life right now because of the podcast (laughs) and you're deprived and he's hot so I think maybe I don't know or vice versa I was also looking up the meaning of diamonds in a dream and like it's usually not super positive um (laughs) (laughs) what does it mean well, it basically is like if you get a diamond in a dream, it means like you're going going to go through a breakup or you're having troubles with your partner. But it's like, I don't have a partner and the diamond broke. So, you know, my subconscious is just really popping off these days. I wish I could invite you to the party in my head because apparently it's really interesting. Seems like you don't Sounds know it. if something's right or wrong in your life. No, I don't. I, I, I don't know north, south, east, west, right, left. Like, who knows? brings us of course to our episode Tasha does not know who she loves who she wants there's things online that are saying that this is the best top four men that like have ever been on the show you know there's usually one that people hate um and it's just they're all so lovable in different ways before we get to the top four we still have the leftover um portion of basically last week's episode which is so annoying like why couldn't they have just like wrapped it up and done that last week but we have this date with um blake and Tasha. yes blake is somehow still there so they go on this like crystal healer reiki date i wish i knew if this was a legit lady like melissa and i are super into this stuff and i wish i had her info to just see is like she an actress the only really standouts of this date um are that blake got a boner while she was (laughs) doing um (laughs) Well, she was like uh, reading their chakras and she's like, oh, look at that one. And then they had a black box over his Your sacral. Yes. He, and what's interesting is on the podcast, Almost Famous, they asked him about, they asked him specifically about the clay penis that he made and like why he did that. And he said, you know, I explained it, but they cut it out. I really was just trying to express that like sex and love and intimacy is something that I've been lacking for like two years since my last girlfriend and that like I really need it so he hasn't had sex in two years is what he is what he said (laughs) so he has dicks on the mind could you imagine if he like made a sculpture of two boobs I would have preferred it (laughs) anyways so yes he more penis stuff with Blake um you know and she says that they have this attraction to each other but she just doesn't know if it's there yet they do one of those tantric exercises where she's straddling him he probably still has a boner at this point he probably like actually definitely has a boner at this point more so even than the other point of the date and it's like they're they're on two completely different wavelengths as far as he's like yes we're really feeling each other and she is not feeling it what did you guys think about like what he was picking up on here I think he was just creating things in his mind I mean maybe they did have some type of a connection when she kept him around this long so obviously she felt stronger feelings towards him than the other guys who she let go but it's that wasn't enough to carry him to the final four he's the most susceptible to the Stockholm syndrome I feel that so much was cut out of it though because of Tasha's reaction what didn't they show if she reacted that way? Well, I feel like there's so much that must have been cut out of their relationship in general because every week it made no sense why he was still there. And, you know, they talked about, other people talked about, you know, they had this connection, but we never really saw it. All we saw him was like making dick jokes. So bye-bye, Blake. We'll see you in paradise. 
then they make it like she comes like straight back from the date and goes to confront the men but she's in a different outfit like she's had some time I loved the men's reactions like when she came back so upset like I think Zach was like what happened are you okay like what's going on and Ben was really sweet and Riley was very sweet also so then she comes and asks to speak to Riley and it's not good. She really just wants to give these guys that she cares about the respect, I think, to kind of have a, a conversation with her alone. Rachel Lindsay said this on one of their podcasts, uh, Bachelor Happy Hour. Rachel said she didn't love the way she ended things with Riley, which is something that she said to Riley during the interview that they did with him this week. But Tasha basically turns it around on Riley. Like, I care about you so much that I know your family means so much to you and I don't want to put you through that. It was just like, it was a very roundabout way of just saying I'm not that into you. And Riley's reaction at first, I was really nervous. I was like, oh no, he's about to be really pissed. But then I thought he handled it with such grace. Um, Melissa, I know you have a little bit of a different opinion on that. I mean, he did handle it with grace, but it wasn't a really great departure. I'll talk about it also a little bit in the astrology portion because I talk, because he is a Virgo and Virgos are pretty critical. So I felt like a very critical energy about it. But I also do understand that for all these men, they're having a totally different experience than they did with Claire. With Claire, it was very easy to see who she had a connection with and who she didn't. I don't think any of them have ever asked her about any of the other contestants and how she feels about them. They all are in their own little world with Tasha, not knowing what her, because when she's around all of them, she's very good at being super neutral. Yeah, I actually was having this conversation with my mom last night. I think that Tasha and Claire are legitimately the complete opposite person. And yeah. both of them are on two far sides of the spectrum. Tasha, for instance, is perfect, well put together, quaffed, effervescent, you know, but yes. she doesn't change really with any one guy. You have to really, really try to look at her and read her body language, read her tone of voice to understand the way she's feeling about them and that's frustrating i wish she could be more authentic however claire is the complete opposite in that she literally will just be like ugh, gross bye like i'm not into you and she should have had i think a little bit more what's the word decorum but i just think that claire could have had a little bit more of like a bedside manner and at least like making the men feel like they weren't wasting their time <gasps> i know she's definitely not everyone's cup of tea i mean I think that they are very different. I think that Claire falls hard, obviously. Well, Claire is the one that goes really fast and Tasha is the one that takes a little bit of time. I know what you mean about saying that is very like perfect. Like she's very poised. It's, you can't really like read her mind. And it is kind of frustrating as a viewer because I know that Claire got a lot of backlash, but it, it was kind of nice as a viewer to know where her thoughts were and what she was thinking. And obviously it was all day all the time. Um, it's been it's been really great, honestly, seeing two different, two totally different bachelorettes. I disagree with Sam on Tasha being the same with everyone. I don't think she's the same with everyone. I understand that perception though, because she does seem as intense with each person. Mm -hmm. Like she's really into each person, but I see a difference between her and Ivan versus her and Brendan. Yeah, I do too. But I also think this is where Riley got lost. Riley is like, you know, but these past few weeks, me and you've been building this. You've always been so happy to see me. Um, we've kissed and it just seems like this is growing. But like what Riley doesn't know, as I'm sure he realized when re-watching the show, 
was that she was literally like that with 80% of the guys that were there. I love Riley. I think he's just absolutely fantastic. I love him too. I, but I have to say like that, that departure, I, it made me a little uncomfortable. Maybe it was just edited to only the part where he's like, are you effing kidding me? Well, so he is gone, and then we still are having to deal with Bennett's return. Um, he comes back in with the remaining guys, stirs some more shit up. He's like, it looks like you've seen a ghost, and he's just really egging them on. And I loved it when he sat down next to Zach, and he, like, put his hand on Zach's back and, like, patted him, and Zach's like, get your fucking hands off of me. That is the best meme to come out of this season. <laughs> Zach's face is amazing. Don't touch me, bro. So as it turns out, Tasha gives Zach, Ivan, Ben, and Brendan the roses she sends home. Bennett and Noah, young Noah. And then next, of course, we have the men tell all. Right, so next is the men tell all, which included Bennett, Blake, Damar. Love you, Damar. Riley, love you as well. Jason, such, so fresh. Kenny, Noah, Yosef, ugh, Ed. Miss you, Ed. I don't. I know. Guys, come on. I love everybody except for Yosef. And Chasen wasn't there because he was sick. Chris asks Ed what drove him crazy about Chasen. Um, he says he had an obnoxious voice and everything just drove him, drove him crazy about him. I mean, Ed really had a chance to speak at this mental all. And he looked pretty good. There were some comments about girls thinking he was actually hot. Juicy portion of mental all is Noah and Bennett. I'm sure everyone was dying to get this resolved. I really, Again. I honestly, I, I felt like it just happened. So a mental all was really awkward at this point in time. I mean, Bennett does kind of apologize to Noah. I think it's just a good, it's great that Noah got to speak her, his piece and we got to hear the guys chime in. It was funny just listening to them argue. So we now we get to Yosef, which is actually the one thing I was excited to see at the mental all. It brought a little bit of Claire back. I'm a little upset that they didn't even pull Claire up on the screen. It was just for the bloopers that she um, was part of it, but it was really weird. And, you know, she wasn't invited, I guess. Her and Dale should have had a chance to condemn Yosef one more time. Mm -hmm. And actually, Dale um, did tweet at Yosef. Yosef had some really shitty response and is like, hey, Claire, give Dale back his phone, as though she was tweeting for Dale on his account, yelling at Yosef. It's interesting to be validated, because we all thought this, that Yosef really thought that he was standing up for all the guys by being his douchey self. I don't know if he did. He's like a real psycho. Um, real scary, to be honest with you. He really freaked me out. Didn't blink a lot crazy eyes and you had zero remorse and I don't really understand how especially after seeing it on tv and the response from people like how could you not have any kind of regret at least with your delivery Riley during this part was amazing like first of all Jason came in and he told Yosef to shut the fuck up um which was amazing and Riley basically was like basically told him that he's lucky that he's 10 feet away from him and that he's a bad person and that ladies need to like stay very far away from him and like when when Yosef was talking it was just freaking amazing because they, they were zooming in on Riley's face and Riley was clenching his jaw shaking his head all it takes of Riley's reactions is pure magic I love 
when Riley gets shots. What I did skip over is that Easy wasn't there as well. Is that a sign of bad things? I know we are of two minds when it comes to him. I think that he would have been a shoe-in to be there normally, but I I think this is a sign um, from Bachelor Nation that maybe they are taking the allegations a little bit more seriously than has been perceived. What did you guys think about Jason's presence there? Part of me was like, out of all of the guys, there's so many that were left out. Why pick Jason? Like, I actually really do like him, but I just didn't really see his purpose, especially for such a small cast of guys. I think because his date with Claire was a pretty important one. Um, And I also think that they want him on Paradise. Yeah, I think so too. Like he had such, he left with so much dignity that he deserves to be seen more. Also, I feel because of the pandemic, really there was a lot of people that naturally couldn't come because of travel restrictions or whatever went on in their life. Or maybe they just didn't quarantine properly. I don't even know. Yeah, I mean, Joe's back to work. So as an anesthesiologist, <laughs> he also just did an IGTV video about the COVID vaccine, which I thought was just really cute. And I just, like, not that the COVID vaccine is cute, but, you know, it's it's cute that he has this new following now and that people are like, you're a doctor asking him every question in the world. And he's like, can we just do a video about what I know? Love him. So... Aisha comes up to the stage and this was another like exciting part of Ventol seeing her and I have to say I didn't get an excited happy and love vibe from Tasha. Me either. Yeah I'm interested to see what's gonna happen next week because and then in what followed after production ended because I have a feeling it's not gonna be a great happy ending for her. Um but so she came up to the stage Chris asked her to clarify that this wasn't a setup, that it wasn't planned that she was going to come in and be the bachelorette. Tasha has said many times she was in bed eating donuts when she got the call. Um, she clarified that, but I am still calling BS on this. There's no way that that's what happened. Like she knew ahead of time that this was, this was all planned out. I'm sticking to that. <laughs> you know, she, she went on to say that even when she got there, she wasn't sure it was going to happen with Claire and Dale. Um, I think there was probably some ambiguity, like they didn't have it officially mapped out, but I think that they knew 100% going into the season, Clara's not going to be our bachelorette for the, for the full length of the season. I, I will fuck that till I die. I'm going to kind of go middle ground and say that they had a hunch that there is a likely chance this could have happened with Claire, so they had a backup plan which was Tasha, And honestly, I'm thinking, could it have been Hannah Ann too? Because Hannah Ann was on the La Quinta property. However, we have not seen her in any of the episodes. And it's like next week is the finale. Same goes for Rachel Lindsay too, which is very weird that they would cut her out of this. But with the Hannah Ann one hits a little bit different because obviously she's single. So why was she there? I'm thinking that she was maybe there as like like a second backup. And I'm so fucking grateful that if that was the case, they chose Tasha over Hannah Ann. I think I actually would have had to like not watch it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, so that was, um, you know, a nice little bit of Tasha and Chris, but as I said, I called BS on a lot of the content there. And then we get a really touching portion between Tasha and Riley. We watch a recap of their relationship and he seems pretty upset. It's obvious that he fell hard for her. 
Um, he says that he feels like he did himself a disservice by waiting so long to tell her who he was, which I don't agree with. If he's referring to the fact that his name is not his real name, I don't know if sharing that story is what caused the relationship to not progress. But Taisha is touched by this. She asks if she can give him a hug. Chris invites him up to join them and they have a nice little conversation. He says he realized how hard he felt for her when he got home and he appreciates, he appreciates everything that she did for him. He's also been sending out some really nice tweets this week, just talking about how Taisha really impacted him, how he had such a great time on the show and how she's such an amazing woman. He is just such an A plus person. I really, really love Riley. I would throw him in the ring as another potential bachelor contender. I don't think he's going to be, but there's just so many great guys this season. Um, and it was a really sweet moment between the two of them. It sucks it didn't work out, but I think that everyone who's watching the show can agree that she just had more chemistry with some of the people. Yeah. And just a little tidbit about Riley on the Bachelor Happy Hour interview that was this week. It was really cute. So they were like, how did you end up on the show? Basically, he said, I think that someone submitted him, blah, blah, blah. But he said it was a really awkward and interesting conversation he had with one of the partners in the firm. And he said he was on the phone with his, you know, superior and telling him, you know, hey, I actually am interested in doing this. Do you think it's possible? And the guy goes, well, this is one of the weirdest phone calls I've ever received. And then he said after they talked about it and he said he would ask even like higher ups, he goes, oh, by the way, can you send us like your headshot? Like my daughter loves the show. The people in the firm, you know, were supportive of him doing it because they're really big fans of the show or like their daughters or their wives are. So it's just really cute. So that is the end of Monday night's episode. And then Tuesday, we start with a real final four hometowns episode. So Chris goes to see the men. And the reason I'm talking about this moment is because also Mike Fleiss tweeted last night, this is something we've never seen on Bachelor Nation before with these four guys. So Chris comes in and he tells them all which family members are there to see them. And all of them are getting semi-emotional. After Chris leaves, all of the guys are like, let's hug. Let's come in for a group hug. And it was just, these guys are amazing. If Bennett was there, if Noah was there, I don't think that like same energy really would have been present. But it was just one of the sweetest things I've ever seen on this show. I love men hugging. Yeah, it was absolutely adorable. I mean, Every episode, I'm just like, how can this cast get any cuter and any better? It was such a pleasure watching the episode last night, the second episode of this week. It was just, they're just such great guys. You root for them all. And it was just so awesome seeing that moment. What I really want to know, how long did their parents quarantine for? So maybe like they were on the property the whole time and would have no idea that their mom and dad was like in the casita three doors down. How weird is that? And also, what about the other families? Blake Moynes today on the Almost Famous podcast, he said that he knows that his parents did not come in, um, but he thinks it probably was maybe, you know, for other reasons, like he's from Canada and, you know, that they just weren't like oh, planning on it. Canadians can't come to Canada easily right now. Yeah, I don't think anyone from Canada wants to come here. So it's like, cause they might not be able to get back in. I, I almost have this feeling that like there were people, family members that were on the property that were just like, okay, never mind, bye. Logistics are certainly interesting. It was pretty obvious who her final four was gonna be. I wonder if she just told that to production 
before I eliminated the other people. That would yeah. make sense. First date we have is with Brendan and Tasha. We have a date portion of the date with this bootleg carnival, which just made me upset except for the bouncy house like i really was into the bouncy house like thank god they got that there and then his niece comes who's this like little like bottle of joy she looks like a mini actress like i would not be surprised if she has a headshot what made me laugh so hard was that she comes running up and Tasha's so used to people being excited to see her. She thinks this little kid is running up to like give her a hug. You know, she's very sweet with kids. Like Tasha has said she wants five children. And so she obviously loves kids. Their date was really sweet. I mean, Brendan was sweating balls. It's like really hard for me not to notice it at this point. And I just mm-hmm. really hope that they don't smell bad because that would be upsetting for me and like very hard to fall in love if like all of my guys smelled like um, bottom of a sewer. But they had a great time. I loved his little dance moves. He has this, like, swagger to him. Tasha loves it. And my mom, you know, who basically is, like, the bachelor psychic connoisseur, she goes, she just looks, she goes, she loves him. She loves him. Yes. She says the most about him in, in the ITMs than anybody else. But, you know, she did say that, she knows how she feels about him and she doesn't really know how he feels about her. I don't think I would really vibe with Brendan either because same reason for Ben, their communication styles. I would be so confused. I understand her fear with him because she really doesn't know how he feels. He shows her how he feels. And I think that's just so interesting that I haven't shown him that much. They had that amazing first date when she first got there And, you know, in typical bachelor seasons, bachelorette seasons, the person that has the quote-unquote first one-on-one date of the season kind of gets left behind for the rest of the season. So I feel like in a way that's what happened with him. But she just felt such a connection with him right away. I think that their chemistry is kind of like you got to be there to see it. It's undeniable. There's no explaining it. It's just there. She said, my heart was racing all night. I couldn't even sleep. I couldn't wait to see him. So then the night portion of the date was very precious. So Brendan's brother is there, and so is his wife. And, you know, of course, uh, his niece is there again, uh, their daughter. And Brendan talks to his brother privately, and his brother says he really sees a connection between the two of them. Brendan says in an ITM next that he, now that she's met his family, that he really sees a future with her and he can see it and he's taking this very seriously, which is the clip we've basically seen um, be promoted through the entire season of him being like, this is so serious for me. That was, that was this part. And Tasha talks to Brendan's brother and he said, you know, a couple of years ago, Brendan wasn't ready for marriage, but now I think he really is ready. And things seem very promising between them. As we know, and I'm just going to, let's kind of start talking about this now. Reality Steve has adjusted his spoilers. He has said now that he has heard that Tasha chooses Zach, but then they break up and she is now with Brendan. He has, doesn't have that verified, but he did have his other sources verified and he's wrong basically because we know that um, we'll get into it, but Ben does leave tonight. Ben was supposed to be final too, but well, when news and gossip, I'll get into a few theories I have about that because maybe reality Steve is not 100% wrong. I just hope that if she is with Brendan and she does leave Zach for him, that they're like, really doing it you know that we just didn't waste our time for a nothing relationship that is going to end in a month 
it pisses me off. Yeah, she can't seem that into four of them, and one of them doesn't stick. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like, if I were the bachelorette, and I picked a guy and it didn't work out, I would be going down the freaking list. I would oh, be yeah. like, next. It shocks me more people don't do that. because would be a Peter or a Hannah B. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And it'd be it messy, though. Peter says his NDA is going to be up, I think, in the spring of this year, and he has so much to say, so much to tell, and I just really think that it was him and Kelly, like, for a really long time, and they just, like, wouldn't let it happen. Kelly and Brendan have parallels within each other. In what ways? Well, we obviously weren't shown a lot of Kelly they only showed that one-on-one psychic date where the psychic was basically like, you guys don't want the same things and you're not right for each other. Production basically tried to discourage Kelly in every way possible, which created tension. I don't think production tries to do that with Brendan. I think that they kind of looked at it in hindsight. was like, wow, it's really obvious that Tasha's into Brendan. So let's not get the audience too hooked on him since he doesn't end up being the winner. Interesting. I think that could be a theory. What also is a theory is maybe Brendan wasn't going to play their games like Kelly wasn't. That sure. makes them even more parallel with one another. Yeah. I, ooh, I like this parallel. Ooh. <laughs> Into this. Next, we got to Zach and Tasha's date. And when I heard that they were doing a New York themed date, I was obviously as a New York City resident. I was very interested in this. And as you know, I live tweet during the show and some of the tweets were so funny talking about the New York theme date. I just have to share some of them. Um, I absolutely love Brett Vergara, who is um, a prolific live tweeter of The Bachelor. He also lives in New York City and he had the funniest tweets. Zach's hometown date recreating the spirit of New York City better include paying $18 for a watered down vodka soda and almost stepping on a rat. <laughs> Which is hysterical. Also because so many people have such idealized visions of New York City as we saw in this date. And when you actually live here, you know that it is <laughs> not like that. Yeah, they could have easily gone to a pet store and grabbed some rats. For the real effect. Yeah, like, where were the muggings on the street? Where were the, the $20 cocktails at a random neighborhood bar? Anyway, so I just thought that that was really funny. But this date was really cute. I don't think that you loved it, Sam, but I thought it was adorable. So Zach tells her that they have a taxi. They take the taxi around to different famous New York City places or things that you think of when you think of New York. They go to a bagel shop and Tasha wants to have a bagel with cream cheese and a blueberry, which just shows her California because that is not a thing. This was my red flag. I was like, oh no, they're really not going to work out. Like, I literally think that he lost respect for her about the cream cheese blueberry situation. New Yorkers are very serious about their bagels and you don't put random blueberries on bagels. Like, you need an everything bagel with cream cheese and lox. I just need to take a step back, though, and talk about this taxi. I don't know if you call them epiphany moments within this year where you're like, oh, this is 2020. This is the world we're living in now, you know, like, oh my God, like that, those, that fake taxi when they each had a cardboard and they're standing up and walking, I was like, wanted to cry. 
it just was very triggering because I'm like, this is fucking depressing. When's the next time anyone's going to be able to get in a taxi cab? Are taxi cabs even going to be a thing anymore? Why did we do this? Why did they, it's like, this isn't the magic school bus. Like I just. The bachelor interns in the art department was working overtime to make these fake home dates happen. I think it was kind of cute. I mean, I, we're obviously trying to do the best we can here, um, but I thought- I don't think they're trying to do the best they can. I really don't. The <laughs> ABC Studios, they, and Warner Brothers, I mean, they have a, they have a, so much stuff. That's true. Why couldn't they bring like a taxi that's used in LA on like a set, that like a prop taxi? Why couldn't they drive it? But anyway, so they take their fake taxi around to New York City spots, they bagel, the weird blueberry thing. Um, I agree with you, Sam. Zach was like, what in the world? This girl is clearly from the West Coast. And they have a pretty steamy makeout session in a fountain, which was an interesting choice to jump into a fountain fully clothed and have an intense makeout. But you guys see her passion with Brendan. I see her passion in chemistry with Zach. Well, yeah, I do too, obviously. I mean, that makeout was that, that was hot and heavy. I feel like he's such a good kisser. He is in my oh, dreams gosh. at least. <laughs> I see it too, but first off, it's hot. I was relieved that they jumped in a fountain. Me and my husband both watching it were like, oh, thank God. Because my husband never even, my husband doesn't even know where Palm Springs is. I had to explain, like, it's in the middle of the desert. He's like, oh, no wonder I see sweat bullets everywhere. I was applauding them. But the thing is that the day date with Brendan, they were with a child. All the other day dates, she's alone with them. I think if anything, that's just more of a testament to like, how more serious this Brendan thing is than it seems because like we said she said several times she wants a bunch of kids and you know Brendan even said that seeing her with his niece makes him realize that she'll be a great aunt and also likely an amazing mother. So now let's talk about the night portion of this date because I think that we learned a lot about Zach in this portion, which was really interesting. It was really nice seeing his family. Um, obviously, they've had a major impact on, on his life, helping him through his struggles um, with addiction. So Zach tells Tasha that his family was pretty skeptical. Um, and he tells his family that he is smiling and so happy, and he knows that it's going to make his family so happy because, as I said, they've seen him at his worst. Um, so first up, we have Tasha talking to Zach's brother, which was maybe like a low point of this date. The brother really grills Tasha. Uh, he asks her like how where Zach is in comparison with the other three guys. She tells him she's falling in love with him, which is a totally fine bachelor standard answer. And he says that didn't answer the question. That was a little like, ooh. Yeah, it was definitely the least endearing part of the date, but at the same time, you need somebody like that to make it not a fairy tale, to make it real, you know, like his brother really knows, you know, what he's been through, and again, I think there's obviously so much they cut out of these dates. I'm glad that they left that in. Um, and then Tasha talks to Zach's dad, who says he's not really comfortable with the whole situation. Um, I really liked the dad. And the mom was so cute too. We find out at the end of the episode in the little like credit section that Zach's mom is actually a huge Bachelor fan. I really wanted to meet Chris Harrison, which I thought was really cute. Um, but so Zach talks with his mom. He tells her that no one has been able to touch him like Tasha has. And this was a very interesting part, I thought. Apparently Zach was kind of, had a wall up, it sounds, um, before he came on the show. He said he didn't need to get married. He didn't want to have kids. He would be okay just being 
by himself for the rest of his life. Um, and now Tasha made him realize that he does want a family. He wants a wife. Um, just really interesting. They both cry. It was a really, really sweet moment. It's if, you know, if this is all true, that Tasha caused Zach to have a different outlook on his life, then no matter what happens in the end, if they're together, if they're not together, I think that it's, you know, a, has been a beneficial experience for him. His parents seem like amazing people, you know, even the story about like when he stole a check from his dad and all that, which he posted recently on Instagram, the woman that like called his dad and Rhonda. yeah, and he's a picture with her and stuff. It's just like, I'm very lucky that my mom and my dad did always wanted the best for me. It's a very kind of like sheltered way of thinking that when you have parents that love you to think that everybody has parents that love them that way, because that's not the truth. Like that's actually kind of probably a minority of people in this entire world. And it seems like Zach has put his parents through hell and back and he just respects them so much for continuing to stand by his side and he realizes how lucky he is and to, to the point where it like brings him to tears several times I just think it's so freaking special and the reaction that his mother had to Tasha as well it just was really special and I love the Clarks and I'd love to come over for Christmas if you guys I'll wear a mask you know Ivan is my husband's name so I'm glad to cover this one um so we get to Ivan and Tasha's date they do a day date they cook they watch a video of his niece teaching them how to make this the Filipino dish. During this day date, we see such good vibes between Tasha and Ivan. And it's just like all their other dates, just the two of them, they're doing something homey. She even says like this, when me and Ivan have our dates, it's exactly what I picture our lives outside in the real world. Honestly, though, I felt like the cooking, it was also sweet and drinking wine, but I felt like that could be like me and you guys drinking, having wine, making a meal together, having a good time, being good friends, you know? That's perfect, Sam. That's exactly what I was going to get to. So you see Tasha like in her zone. She's like, this is exactly what I picture as like a perfect day, cooking and drinking wine. And then you see the camera pan out to behind the pan and she's drinking she's like mm -hmm. that looks yummy that looks good and anyone would get excited with wine and food around and that's all Ivan and her dates have been wine and food I want them to be a match made in heaven because they have that deep conversation there's so many things that are great on paper for the two of them if there was no other great contestants and Ivan was the best choice this would be a totally different conversation. Chris Souls this season, he chose this girl, Whitney, who was perfect on paper. They had fun together. She was sweet. She's just an amazing person, but he chose her just because of kind of like a virtue thing. I'm trying to think who his- Becca Tilly was fun oh, too. Oh, Becca right? Tilly. Yes, Becca Tilly. And I honestly think he wanted to pick Becca Tilly, but Becca Tilly wasn't that into it. So basically what I'm saying is that Ivan is kind of the Whitney of Chris Soul's season if, like you said, there wasn't a lot of other great options. Like she has so many other amazing choices, but if she had a bunch of shit choices, Ivan would be on, on point. Ivan would have been the clear winner of the season. It's like, I wish each one of these guys were the only one of the season, not all compiled together. So we could say, oh yeah, there's a clear one. But when I looked at her, Ivan and Tasha, I wrote in my notes, best roommates ever. 
I don't see the heat in the crotch. I don't. Let's say Tasha was like 45 and she has been through the fuck boys. She has been through the guys that she is quote unquote attracted to and sees chemistry with. And then she realizes like, no, the kind of person I actually want to grow old with is Ivan. He's someone that you could grow old with. But I just don't think Tasha's at that maturity point or point in her life where, you know, she does want spark. And there's really nothing wrong with that. Well, I will say, too, that he was on Bachelor Happy Hour. Again, plug them for the 10th time this episode. I didn't get to hear it, so tell me. I got the vibe that he might be a, a bit bitter, and I still think it's so weird they're having these guys on before they're officially let go from the show because they can't really say that much. He did say they spoke about the conversation they had about George Floyd and all of that on their one-on-one date. And Rachel said something like, I do feel like your experiences have been different. And he said, well... And he kind of stopped himself, and then he basically was like, whatever. Tasha's been very sheltered. He and said that? Yeah, he did. It's not wrong. but no, not at all. But it's also why their kind of, like, experiences have been a little bit different. And he talked about Orange County. You know, it's like Ivan really, I think, has, like, been through it as far as racial injustices and, like, really seeing the dark side of things. His brother has been in prison, which we'll get into, but – yeah, he did call her sheltered. So, interesting. I don't think that's fair to call someone sheltered. I, I totally understand where you're coming from, Melissa. And yeah, it's kind of a weird thing to like put a label on different people's like life experience. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. But I do understand what he's saying, especially if he was responding to someone saying your responses to that conversation seemed really different. I, I understand that. You're right. Because we all we all did agree on that, too, when mm-hmm. we spoke about it. And I don't think he was outwardly just being, like, she's sheltered. But as far as Rachel kind of, like, prodding him about their reactions being different, you know, like, that is probably why. And also, by the way, Ivan t- spoke on the things that he's doing within, like, the, his community to raise awareness he has all these different things going on and it's like i know i love him that's so it's so hard because i love him out of all the four guys like i have three categories i have who's best for (laughs) tasha okay that's one second one is who's best for me um (laughs) third one is who is like all in all overall the best guy that's ivan and for me, it's Zach. For Tasha, it's Brendan. All I can say is that I appreciate that they were all brought in front of us and introduced to us. He's going to be like a really famous speaker one day and everyone's going to forget that he was even on The Bachelorette. <laughs> like, but That's that, exactly what I see, yes. But I see that, like The Bachelorette, as being his springing board, which is amazing, getting the Instagram following and all of that. Yeah, so now we get to the night date with the parents and Tasha and his mom coordinate, which was beautiful because I love like a silky orangey vibe. I mean, those are my three favorite colors, yellow, orange, and red. Um, But the mom was explaining that she's a big skeptic of everything and happening so fast. The mom is such a peach. She's so adorable. And then Tasha talks to Ivan's dad, which by the way, Ivan's dad, I was expecting when he said that the man went through three heart attacks, I don't even remember what the list was. It was a lot of things. I was expecting a man with a cane walking in. The man looked amazing. 
I just, I just think it's so sweet because Ivan has said how worried he is that his dad isn't going to be there for a lot of his like life experiences and that maybe his dad knows that he's like, I'm going to be on national television for my son, potentially getting engaged. Even if he's not, this is important. Like I want to be there for this in my lifetime. And he related to Tasha. He's like, at first he's scared. He goes, I know you've been married and divorced before. And she's like, I have. And he goes, I have too. He ends up being impressed with Tasha after that one-on-one. I really didn't know like what direction was going to go because a man with that much wisdom, like, is he going to say something that's going to crush her? Ended up being great. And then Ivan talks to his mom and he says he isn't sure if he's ready to propose. So does he make it to the fantasy suites, do you think? Yeah, I I believe he does. And I think that actually might be where Ben swoops back in. And she's like, this did not go well. Um, and I, you know, am more physically attracted to Ben. You know, we, we don't know. We're still in the dark with that. But uh, what I thought was interesting about that moment where he talks about the fantasy suites and all that is his straight up confidence and that his mom was not used to him being that way. I, I'm not surprised by that. I mean, he is a mama's boy. Yeah, you could tell they're very, she's like, we've never not talked for this long, ever. That's the other thing, that he's such a mama's boy. You know, if him and Tasha did end up together, like, she would be very involved. I've dated mama's boys, and I've dated non-mama's boys, and mama's boys can be a little bit dependent. Yes, it seemed, it, I, that's a little bit of the vibe I got. Nothing wrong with it. Get, this is so funny that they told him that there was going to be a video of Gabriel. So they all sit down, like, let's connect to Gabriel and Zoom him. And then he walks in through the door wearing a Ferragamo belt. It's like, has like a sharp sense of style. He's a younger brother, you know? I, it, him and Ivan couldn't be more different, though. They don't even, like, look that related. They're different. I just need to know the logistics of this entire part of it because obviously Gabriel was there and quarantined. His parents, did they know that he was in the casita three yeah, doors down? Did. Or there is a, when I say there is a theory, I haven't seen it on the internet. I've created it in my head that for whatever reason, Gabriel was not comfortable um, going on camera and you know, exposing himself in that way. And maybe the producers weren't either. Like, I don't know. I just, in my gut, feel like there was something really weird that they didn't explain why he wasn't there. Like, was it just for the surprise factor or was it more than that? It was on the Bachelor Happy Hour interview. He said that when Chris Harrison first announced who was going to be there from his family, his heart dropped because he was really worried something bad happened to Gabriel, that he might've gone back to prison, that he had been hurt um, or something bad had happened to him because he knew that he would want to be there for him no matter what, just as Ivan has been there for him. So it really panicked him. I, I have to say that I think the moment of Gabriel being there was just as impactful for Gabriel as it was for Ivan. Yeah, I think the experience was was great on both ends. I did like seeing Tasha talk to Gabriel because she really loved him. It just it just shows me how amazing and just like adaptable Tasha is. She can adaptable, literally yes. t- she can talk to anybody and make them feel good. And that is such, I mean, she should be a journalist or an actress or something. Like, honestly, it's like a really cool quality to have that you can talk to somebody that 
has been in prison and relate to them the same way that you're going to talk to Zach's mom, who is like Miss Chardonnay. She can relate to ev- anybody and everybody. Her outfit was bomb. The, the, the night was good. Like, I didn't feel like the, the sparks and the fireworks. But he's perfect. It's perfect. But it's perfect. Yes. Like, there just is something to be said about, you know, that oomph, like, I want to tear your clothes off kind of thing. Well, I think she recognizes how amazing of a person that he is, you know? Yeah. 100%. And sometimes that's, sometimes that's actually really hard, is, like, recognizing that someone is an amazing person, that you do have a connection with them, but that they're not the right person for you. Like, that's so hard walking away from that, because there's not really, like, a reason. It's just there isn't that chemistry and chemistry can't be, chemistry is not tangible. Next we have the Ben and Tasha date, hometown date, which was very interesting. They do this like fake Venice beach boardwalk trip. It was stupid in my opinion, but it wasn't as stupid as the taxis. So I will give them that. Then they get to the pool, which they pretend is the beach. This is finally the pool at La Quinta that I've spent time at. There's a big pool and I've always been wondering why aren't they putting this beautiful pool in the show? It's in the show now. It's the pretend beach. And they really do have a lot of physical chemistry. Um, He tells her that a close family friend, Antonia, who has been on Top Chef and actually has two huge restaurants in Los Angeles. I'm not sure where else she has restaurants, but like she's a really, really big staple of the Top Chef franchise. It's very interesting, but they do seem very close. He also has his sister there. His dad's a doctor you know, they didn't come because of COVID. He's working. I don't know why his mom couldn't have come. Do you guys think that maybe even a small portion of the reason of the disconnect between Ben and Tasha was because she couldn't meet either one of his parents? I could so. Actually thinking that. I, I think, I think it could have been even subconsciously. Yeah. I don't know about like a disconnect, but like you're going to feel closer to the people who's parents you met. I mean, I know that Tasha didn't meet Brendan's mom, but she met more than just his sister, which is all she met for Ben. And I was kind of thinking that if that like was a disservice to him. Yeah, I think it's an additive to the circumstance, but I don't think it's really much. So he has this night date portion with his sister Antonia. Tasha talks to his sister and she tells his sister and is really trying to kind of gauge her and says Ben has been very guarded almost as though he has something to hide and his sister assures her he isn't hiding anything that the wall just hasn't been broken yet and in the back of my mind you guys this entire time I was like oh my god his sister doesn't know he's tried to commit suicide twice. Tasha knows more about Ben in a way as far as these huge life things than his sister does. A lot there's a lot to unpack here. Well, look at it this way. If he could keep something that profound from his sister, then what what profound things through his mind can he keep from Tisha? And that's what I think Tisha can't let go of. Like, yes, I'm happy that I've no I now know and I've, you know, you I've cracked into you. I, I understand you you a little bit better, but you also have a lot of trouble communicating your emotions. So the next time that you really have a strong feeling 
you could also internalize it so deeply that I will know nothing about it just as your sister has no idea that the circumstance that you've had those experiences. I feel like a psychologist could really break down all of this very, very well. There's so much that's going into like Ben's psyche. I felt so much empathy for Ben because we are seeing somebody on national television realizing that he has just admitted a lot of things that are going to be coming out soon that might be really scary for him and his family to accept and understand. Then Ben talks to Antonia, who he seems to have a really, you know, great connection with. She has these restaurants in Venice. It's very interesting. I'm like, really would love to know how they all know each other so well. He says that he's so happy with Tasha and she makes him a better person. And as she says, as soon as she saw them together, that she could tell that it was the real deal. And he said, he's never felt this way about another woman before. And then Antonia says, well, you're in love with her. And he goes, am I? Like, I don't know. She goes, are you kidding me? Like, this is love. Like, look at it. Like, you say you love me. You say you love your sister. Why is this so hard for you? And he really just doesn't know how. Why do you guys think that is? I mean, I think Antonio was meant to help him walk on this path. So one day when he meets the right person again, he can walk it better. And Taisha is that person, that expander to let him allow that he can really experience this type of profound emotions but at the end of the day it's not at the right time it's not he's not the, ready yet i just not the think time for ready. them yeah but at and least he now has gotten a taste and he knows like what fruit it is you know well this is your boy caitlin like what do you gotta say if you were single right now and you legitimately had a chance to be with ben after seeing this episode and everything that like he's going through and almost like the baggage that he has emotionally would you still want to date him yeah I would like totally want to give it a try I mean you know it's so hard like saying that and actually dating someone but yeah I mean I would totally like want to date him if I was single and he reached out to me and was like let's get dinner tomorrow I'd be like yes Caitlin based on what I know about you like based on the personality I think you like there's different types of people. And like, I have friends that respect guys that internalize things. And like, you're like, wow, like I didn't even know you were going through this. Like I have so much respect for you. Yeah, I can see that. I like really appreciate people who have like been through hardships and have been able to make themselves better and like lift themselves up from that and like use that to like try to like teach others. I don't, I mean, we have just a speck in the ocean of who Ben is as a person, but let's just really respect people who like go into the military, especially someone who comes from a family where his dad's a doctor. Like we know a lot of people go into the military because they don't really have any other options. But yeah, it's like he didn't have to go into the military. Right, right. He went to West Point. I think there are certain people who do well in the Bachelor show where you have to really express your emotions. You have to make a decision quickly. You're, there's a time limit. It's the people who can bear their soul, which he did, but who can also like really fully express their emotions and let themselves be vulnerable to say, I love you, which is a really hard thing to do. But there's people who need more time and who are a little bit more slow and thoughtful and internalize things. And that's that. Yeah, and in so many ways, that is normal, like in normal life. It's normal. It's normal. That part is 100% normal. So next, we have this kind of like final convo before the rose ceremony with Taisha and Ben. And 
oh, it was just one of those like things where they were each waiting on the other person to almost say something and it wasn't happening. And it was like so frustrating to watch. And we know how Ben felt about her and he kind of just like flops. And even when she walks away from him, she's like, okay, good night. And he's like, okay, bye. And it just like, it wasn't what she wanted. But in a way, I kind of hate that she was testing him to do that because this is such a short amount of time, even a shorter amount of time than the normal bachelorette season. And so, I mean, to ask somebody to just declare your love, their love for you so, so quickly and have them not do it. I just, I think that's so normal. And also has Brendan really expressed that to her? Ben beats around the bush on every single conversation. She's just frustrated. She's pulling teeth to really get from point A to point B of an expression. Not It wasn't just about him expressing, I love you. It was just expressing anything. He's trying so hard to say the right thing. He doesn't say anything at all. I think a, a big reason he's so scared to say this is because you're – 100% putting yourself out there and you don't know what the response is going to be and you're totally putting yourself out for heartbreak and I think he, he's just guarded. Don't get me wrong, I really do love Ben. It's just like, wow, like you're someone who's so guarded. This is your, this is probably as far as you've gotten in cracking open to anyone yeah. and she's kind of like, I've been cracking through all these contestants. I'm sorry. So we have the rose ceremony. She gives it to Zach, Ivan, and Brendan, and she sends Ben home, and they have this very interesting goodbye. He is in absolute shock. She tells him that, like, things aren't aligning. Their paths are not aligning at this time, which is kind of something that we spoke on earlier, that they just don't seem – he doesn't seem like he's in the place that she is as far as, you know, she's felt love. She's had experience. She's been married. She's been divorced. Like, He's kind of just starting to feel all of these emotions at once. She tells him, like, please don't shut down on her. She, I think she does realize that at one point, it's not personal. This is just what he does. I feel like she feels that he could have been the one. Had it been this one wall he didn't have to climb over, they'd be behind that wall and it would be fine. They're just on different wavelengths. She's frustrated that he can't express himself. She, there's something that she's missing and he wants so badly to do it, but is scared. So painful watching that car ride because where the hell are they? I tweeted this on our account last like, where the hell are they taking him? They're literally driving him in circles trying to get him to bawl his eyes out and like bare his soul. <laughs> you could tell that he was just in shock about what happened. And I think he's in shock about what happened. He's in shock at the situation. I think he's shocked at himself that he can't verbalize it. I mean, we've all been in those like situations where it's like, like an out of body experience. Let's get into some news and gossip on that point because we have some from Reality Steve. Uh, first and foremost, Reality Steve was wrong. He said he's wrong, but what if he's not wrong? So he has always said that Ben and Zach are the final two. However, it might be a little bit confused because Brendan apparently self-eliminates. Is the final two Brendan and Zach? Like, it's still very up in the air, but he just got notification that Ben got let go this week, so he's like, oh my god, I was wrong. But I think he might not have actually been completely wrong because Ben comes back, and I think that she realizes in the fantasy suite she doesn't have enough chemistry with Ivan, and it's a pretty easy, like, switcheroo that they have unfinished business, her and Ben. And in the previews as well, she she goes behind a closed door and she goes, we have a rose ceremony coming up. What am I supposed to do? I think he comes wow. back and tells her that he loves her 
and he just didn't know how to say it and was too scared. And I think she takes him back for the final two because she wasn't satisfied with that ending either. She wasn't satisfied with that goodbye. She's always willing to explore all options and, you know, leave yeah. no sentence unfinished. I've just been like loving this season and I'm so excited to see how this ends because we don't really know. And obviously we all have the spoilers. We all watch it. We've been fans of the show for years. So this is just a totally new experience. Um, I definitely think Ben comes back. I think that the way it ended was a cliffhanger. Again, we live tweet from our Twitter account during the show and I'm very active on Twitter during the show reading what people's responses are and thoughts. Everyone is just like, who is she going to pick? How can she narrow this down? And I'm so excited to see how this unfolds. That leads us to the next reality Steve thing. It's funny. I feel like the day after we record, always like new things come out and I'm like, God damn it. So like we recorded last Wednesday, we put these episodes out on Thursday typically. And on Thursday of last week, reality Steve put out an interview with Tasha's ex-husband, Josh Burrell. Oh, it was a very interesting interview. Actually, Reality Steve has since been on Olivia Caridi's podcast, Mouthing Off, talking about it. And they both have completely, like Olivia and him are friends, but she completely calls him out and thinks that he shouldn't have had him on his podcast. Josh was very not likable. This is Tasha's ex. I literally wanted to punch him in the face. He does have some interesting points about Tasha like airing out their dirty laundry. And something he said to basically discredit himself at one point was, you know, oh, she says I cheated. I only cheated once. And look at her dating 25 guys. Isn't that cheating? You know what? And even if someone cheats once and they're married, that's really messed up. I'm sorry. Like she, he explains that she was away on a vacation for a weekend and he, it took him a few hours once she came back to admit it. And then he, and then he basically called her out for not liking the intimacy between them and then realizing that he didn't want to have children with her. Like that is far more than she's ever said about him. But I just think that what he did was completely tacky. And he said that, you know, I have a girlfriend and her parents and my parents. I'm getting all these questions now. So I just wanted to come on Reality Steve to clear the air. I just thought it was really gross. It was very icky. Shame on you, Josh. Listen to the episode. And I don't think that Josh came off in the best light. I don't agree with what he, what he did. If I was Taisha, I would be incredibly pissed. However, I understand it. Um, I just can't imagine having your ex-spouse be on a national television show with millions of viewers. And she has not really talked about him. Like, you're right, Sam. She has mentioned the divorce. Obviously, she's mentioned the cheating. But I can still see just feeling, like, helpless and really wanting to just say, say some side of the story. Like, can you imagine that? I feel like I would feel, like, paralyzed. Not above it. I would have totally had Josh on our podcast if he reached out to us. So I just think that people are, there's always two sides to a story, especially a divorce, you know? Yeah. I think he just doesn't want to seem like the bad guy. He doesn't want to seem like it to America. He probably is currently in a relationship that he wants to protect. And it's been hurting his business, he says. Yeah. Or he doesn't want a bad reputation for any future relationships. But based on the way he was speaking and what a potty mouth he was, I'm sure he's, you know, runs the gamut of, other bad traits that like I wouldn't want to have in a relationship. Lastly, um, we were, we're going to get into this, you guys, 
and probably two weeks, our off week between Matt James's season and this season. It's so funny. I have a friend that like doesn't, isn't as invested in all this as we are. And she texted me the other day and she goes, wait, has the bachelor season already been filmed? Is it, has it started filming yet? And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? It's done filming. It's starting early January. Like we are ready to go. He's already picked his wife or not. Who knows? I'll have uh, the women, uh, maybe not all, because there's a few that dribble in I, apparently throughout the season, as we've discussed last week, but they have been chosen. And Chris Harrison did one of his lives, breaking them all down. Did we not learn from Peter's season? For the love of God. Now we have a 21-year-old. I'm sorry. It just pisses me off because everyone gives gives shit to people that are young um, on the show. But there's very, very young girls, pageanty. There is some diversity. We're going to give a deep dive into them in two weeks, like during our sleuth week, to really figure out who these girls are. And women typically are way more, like, profound on social media than men are. So I think we'll be able to figure out a lot of stuff about them. Also, their birthdays, because, you know, girls love to post about their birthdays, and this will help us very much for the What's Your Sign segment next season, which Melissa, though, is going to get into right now. We do have a lot to say for the What's Your Sign. Sam asked us, like, what is it about Tasha that makes her so put together and so tactful and adaptable? And the truth is, like, I last episode, as you saw, I found her entire chart, and I'm going to go off on that. I will be posting it to the Instagram very shortly. You will be seeing it. I don't know how accurate it is, but it's what was posted on the sun. She's a Virgo sun and a Pisces moon. I'm going to explain why this is so important. When In astrology, you can't go off a lot when it comes to just the sun sign. It's about the big three. Your sun sign, if you're new to the show, I'll explain is that's your main sign. It's based on your birthday. Everyone knows that sign. Your rising sign is how you show up to the world, which is really how people perceive you. I'm a Taurus rising. So people probably notice a lot of my, a lot of traits that are normally attached to Taurus that isn't attached to Aries. It's just like how I present myself. Your moon sign I'm going to go into this and this is all going to make sense. Your moon sign is a, is difficult to determine because the moon only stays in each sign for two days at a time. No rule of thumb for everyone born on the same date each year. So it's really like you need to know the exact time and place of birth for when someone is born. So we don't know the moon signs of the contestant and this will make sense. The moon is linked to the rise and fall of the tide, and our moon sign can tell us a lot about our emotional energies. This is our internal. This is what's within us, the emotions and energies that swell within us. Moon signs change the game on what is typically compatible versus not compatible of the sun signs. Tasha is a Virgo sun with a Pisces moon. And I know, Sam, you're thinking, uh-uh, Ivan's a Pisces. Yeah, that's probably... That might be the problem. And I will go into each person who was just taken out and who's staying in. But um, just a quick rundown is that a Virgo Sun Pisces moon people, they attain success because they're so intellectually knowledgeable. They're very intuitive. So that's definitely a play on why she's so adaptable. And they're very idealistic. And that's great because, you know, you have your your hopes and your dreams and you, you're very you, – definitely have a big picture of what you want to accomplish in life, but it also makes certain things very complex. 
I'm going to explain, you know, a little rundown of these guys and what I feel the compatibility is going on, why the goners didn't work and why the remaining remain. First is Riley. He's a Virgo. Virgos, two Virgos together, you know, they practically have the same attributes in life. It becomes easy for them to understand each other, but Virgos can be very critical and nothing compares to how well they want things done to perfection. When one makes a single mistake, the other one will quickly condemn them. So this is why two Virgos together doesn't always work. Again, it depends on the whole chart and we don't know what Riley's moon is, but as we can see, they did not work. Um, sometimes Virgos are so forthright that they can easily bruise each other's ego, which I very much felt in his departure and it explains a lot. So Noah's a Scorpio and I'm not gonna go too far into what a Virgo-Scorpio relationship is because Brendan is also a Scorpio um, and it will be repeated. But there is definitely a bond between uh, Virgo and Scorpio. Again, when it comes to a Virgo-Scorpio relationship, a lot of astrologers kind of debate on this one because the moon sign is very, very important. It's either great or awful. Of course, with Noah, she did have a connection with him. What I wrote is, Taisha liked Noah, but as someone who was once married, it was not their time for them. She felt more of a need to protect him rather than be with him. And that's why he lasted for as long as he did. Oh my God. That is so on point. I love it. I also want to protect Noah. Yeah. I liked Noah too. So he's going to be fun if he's on Bachelor in Paradise. And I totally feel like he's up for it because he loves to travel and loves adventure. Hell yeah. So then let's get to Damar. Damar is a Capricorn. Um, I don't know his moon, but clearly it didn't work, right? We know Zach's also a Capricorn. Again, I don't know what Zach's moon is. I don't know what Damar's moon is, but we see totally different relationships, even though they're both Capricorns and Capricorns normally do well with Virgos. But Damar clearly didn't work with Taisha. And I'm just glad, again, he's another person. I'm glad he was put in front of us. I'm going to be following Damar forever. Ben is a Leo. And so is Blake. So I'm not even going to explain Blake. A Virgo and Leo match can be exhausting for both sides. The spontaneity of a Leo might be construed as recklessness by the Virgo, whereas the practicality of the latter might be boring for the former. Really for Ben, the spontaneity for Tasha wasn't like spontaneous romantic, because I totally could see Ben being spontaneously romantic, but he's spontaneous in when he's okay to open up and not. And I feel like, again, going back to what's written here, like the love match can be exhausting for both sides. That fountain moment depicted that. Like she felt exhausted by the relationship. Yep. Even though he wasn't doing anything to manipulate her, he wasn't doing anything wrong that she'd be exhausted. It was just more like, I'm exhausted reading. I'm reading a book that the pages are constantly not telling me enough. And I'm tired of flipping each page for you. Back to the stairs. So Zach, a Capricorn. A Capricorn who's clearly giving the chemistry that she needs. Would love to know his moon sign. When a Virgo and Capricorn join together in a love match, there's this pragmatic, smart relationship. Both signs can be highly rational and both expect a lot of themselves and the people around them. Virgos adore Capricorn's dedication and intensity, which I very much see between Tasha and Zach. Even though they don't lack the patience or the understanding for each other, there always seems to be just like one shred of pure emotion that's missing between their contact with one another. It's just like that one thing. Together, they form a solid union, 
based firmly in reality. I believe that. I think that's going to reign true and we will see in the future after the season's over. A lot of emotion for their honeymoon stage, their learning of each other, but I don't think that there's something that's going to withstand that honeymoon stage. Ivan, Pisces, I'm sure you want to know what's going on with that because of her Pisces moon. Um, Let's just explain Virgo Pisces. When they join together, they generally make a healthy relationship. They tend to be well-balanced, one making up for qualities that the others lack, the other one lacks. They are easygoing, they're a do-gooding duo. Like, doesn't that sound like what we have already seen? And they often devote their time to helping others as well as one another. So they could be a very good philanthropic duo. Each partner in this couple brings out the best aspects in each other. And you know what, like Pisces and Virgo, to, according to astrologers, they're like a nine out of 10. They're a really good match, but we aren't seeing that va-va-voom. And they, I've been doing some digging and a lot of astrologers think that Pisces sun do not go well with Pisces moon. So that might be it, you know, it just might be too still, too much water that's still. So Brendan, right? I leave him for last because when I looked at the best match for a Virgo sun and a Pisces moon, it ended up in dun, 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 Scorpio. If you look at astrology blogs, you will often get very polar opposite responses about a Scorpio and a Virgo love match. And the reason is because, again, it is very dependent on the moon sign. A lot of Virgo Scorpio relationships can be amazing, but it's very like it's either great or it's not. And of course, for Virgo sun with a Pisces moon like Tasha, her best match is Scorpio. So for the ones that feel that this is that Scorpio and Virgos really can work, they've probably have seen examples of a Virgo sun Pisces moon like Tasha with someone like Brendan. And I would love to know what his moon is, but let me just read you what a Scorpio and Virgo together is. The bond between a Scorpio and Virgo is intense and deep. The twosome awesome often feel. They've known each other for their entire lives and become fast lovers. Virgos are unable to resist the allure of a Scorpio. Virgos and Scorpios get along in a remarkable way. Their love is one for the ages. Mm. That is what was written. I think they're together. I, I really hope they're together. So next we're going to do That's What He Said. We're, we have a lot of roles to fill here, so let's try to do this. <laughs> All right, so Melissa, start us off with Chris Harrison. And to the point of the book, do you think Bennett gave the book to you out of good intentions? That's the question, and we all know the answer to that question. Bennett did that in a pretentious, conniving way. Ed, did you read the book? Yeah, did you? Yeah, I read it. It's a good book. And it's a shame that you read it four times, you said, and clearly haven't applied a lot of it. But yeah, it's a good book. Oh my god. Well, Bennett, you did say Noah was deficient in three of the four categories. Uh, yeah, I did say it. And you know what? I was being a nice guy because in fact you were deficient in four of four. And I'd witnessed behaviors that Tasha had not been privy to within the first 24 hours of you being there. And clearly you were here to create drama. And you know what? To give you credit, you did a heck of a great job. That's a false assumption. I mean, you're wasting so much time worried about 
incoherent yelling continues to happen throughout all of the men. But to tell a man, though, that he has 0% chance with somebody, for one, it's disrespectful, not only to him, but it also disrespectful to Taisha. Taisha had just specifically came out and confronted us about the exact issue. More yelling. The problem is that everything Bennett said actually played out anyway. Yeah, give me a break. He acts like a drunk asshole. She gives him the rose anyway. Coming from the One Direction party boy manager wearing camo with your star tattoos, talking about a drunk asshole. Yeah, party boy, that's you. <laughs> All right, guys, let's throw it back. So Taisha is bubbly. Everyone likes her. She's a crowd pleaser. She is mimosa. Taisha is Dom Perignon. I mean, she's expensive and she is perfect. Everybody wants a taste and she is perfect with every family. That's what she is. Taisha is a grapefruit gin fizz, bubbly, botanical, and, you know, it's festive. Brennan's kind of been a little bit serious throughout the show. I feel like we haven't really seen his fun side. And, you know, we saw him dancing this episode. We saw him doing a secret handshake. He went to the carnival. So I'm going to give him a pina colada. I'm going to say that he's a Christmas punch because all you have to do is remove the alcohol and it's great for the kids. So it's, oh. <laughs> so he's great with kids, you know? I'm going to give Zach a Manhattan because he is the New Yorker and he brought us around to some of New York's finest establishments. Ooh, that's a good one. I'm gonna give Zach a nice Chardonnay because I finally understand what his family likes to drink and uh, you know his mom seems like the epitome of a nice a white wine drinker. Yes a nice Chardonnay and I'm gonna give that one to him this week. I'm going to do Doug Douglas. <laughs> what is Douglas gonna drink? His father, um, just like the the best top shelf whiskey you can ever imagine. That's what I'm gonna give him. For Ivan, I feel like I give Ivan this all the time, but it's just so right for him. He is just like a deep, delicious red wine, a Chianti. He is so soulful, so deep, so delicious, so just like full bodied, and like there's just so much there. I'm going to give him a hot buttered rum batter because he's just so sweet and buttery. I'm kind of having a hard time with Ben because you know how much I'm obsessed with him. I'm gonna say Ben is a spiked kombucha. You know, he is in Venice living that wellness life by the beach. Basically Ben wants to have a good time but he'd be healthy. So kombucha, spiked kombucha. It really works with the date with like the sh wellness shots and Venice Beach and kombucha. Yeah. There's no better match, right? You're, yeah, you're welcome. Mm -hmm. What's yours? That's a good one. Um, I've, <laughs> I had his figure it out while I was watching the show. I wrote mold wine because Ben just molds over everything. We have a super exciting announcement for our listeners. Dun, da, da, da. We are doing a giveaway on our Instagram account, Throw It Batch Pod. So please check us out there to see what the giveaway is. A little hint, it's some self-care love to help you have a cozy winter in with The Bachelor. And check out our Instagram to see what you need to do to enter. And we're really excited about it. Yes, that's at Throw It Batch Pod. 
spells exactly how it sounds. The rules are there and they're not hard and you will find out very soon who the winner is. And also guys, we are going to have another giveaway pretty quickly into Matt James's season, if not before. So if you don't win this one, you might just win the next one. We love you guys. We want to engage with you, hear what you think. And this giveaway is for you to just love you guys up as Bennett would say. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in this week. We will see you next week. Adios. Bye. Ciao.